try talking. Okay, can you hear me now? Yep. Great. I said, what up, bitch? Oh, well. <laughs> is this your new house you're in right now? This is it. Is that your headboard or a big pillow? That's a, just a big-ass pillow. Oh, wow, that is a big pillow. Wow. There's an orange wall in your house. I know. We need to paint it white. That's really not what I expected. I expected it to be, like, from the outside, I expected, like, wood paneling, which I saw is sort of what's going on over to the side. Yeah, this is a janky wood-paneled wall that was put up by... Uh someone else but it's folksy and shit but it just has normal drywall how are you enjoying it do you does do you feel like you're living in your own little palace now oh yes oh skeeter i love you skeeter i want to say something skeeter skeeter official spokes dog of the hi how are you podcast oh, it feels like a palace there's a bunch of stuff to clean up though yeah i bet so much like old farm equipment or not yep. like gardening equipment, I guess. It's not the farm. Classic. Just Well, I hope to come visit sometime, but I definitely think it'll have to be a sleepover. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to drive four hours in one day. I miss having sleepovers in general. I know. Remember when we used to live together and we had a sleepover every day and every night? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That was fun. It's a bummer that other things about that experience were so miserable because it was fun to live together. It was fun. It was fun. Uh, we have a similar like utilitarian approach to eating, which I thought like worked really yeah. well yeah but uh it's good i am here tired from moving i imagine i just did one of the hardest tasks for me and i know it's one of the hardest tasks for you too i just got back from it can you guess there's so many things this could be oh yeah i know i know there's so many things like paying a bill speaking to a customer service representative changing a tire mm. going to the doctor mm. i'll just tell you grocery shopping Grocery shopping. You know, it's funny. I didn't think of that because grocery shopping has become easier. My boyfriend and I have gotten really good at grocery shopping together. We have it down to an art and a science and we go when the store is really slow. Yeah, we're just very precise about it. It's honestly become sort of a romantic activity for us, which is hard to believe because as you are correct, like I have hated it my entire life yeah it's it's awful it's an awful experience no one should have to do it but we all have to do it yeah i can imagine that your boyfriend also has a similar utilitarian palette to you oh yeah i mean if i didn't cook he would just eat pizza for every meal oh yes i love that that's so good the bar is so low grunge girl's like that too she's a little bit more peculiar than me so you know. How are you, Ava? Baruch Hashem. I'm well. I had a quiet New Year's Eve with the boyf. The boyf has been continuing his quest to learn how to code, and it's going well. I look forward to living the posh life of a software developer's wife. Yeah, yeah. It's a good spot to be in, definitely. Yeah. Let's see. New Year's Eve was chill. We basically just chilled. I watched Criminal Minds and did New Year's Eve on my Animal Crossing island. Ugh. Great. Yeah. Ugh. Very peaceful. Very bucolic. It's weird. It's like the week between Christmas and New Year's. Even though neither of those days are a super big deal to me, somehow it still felt like nothing could happen that week. Well, that's what I love about that week. I mean, that's the reason why Jews invented that week during like the big meeting, you know? Right. Yeah. I was struggling with it. I was struggling really? with the feeling of stagnation, but... You know, everything's okay now. Well, I was loving the feeling of stagnation. Yeah, you love that feeling more than me. Everything's very weird right now. I think the stagnation 
honestly like increased the apocalyptic vibes for me somehow oh totally 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 for sure sure i think that's why i like it i think that was part of it everything feels like so weird and up in the air right now that the feeling of life being paused because of holidays sort of just compounded that feeling of suspension that we're all in right now like i know this is me being fucked up but there is kind of something like selfish feeling about the holidays like who are you to like celebrate the fucking holidays <laughs> right now like what's wrong with yeah you? yeah and i think there's also this whole pandemic and this feeling comes and goes for me but there's often a feeling for me of like this is not real life this is like a break from real life and at some point real life will begin again which i do not think that represents the state of reality but sometimes emotionally that's how it feels you know just forging ever onward just doing my best here we are here we are. That's right. Do you want to get into a listener question? Yeah, it's time for a listener cue, baby. We're going through them in chronological order. So just know if you're one of the many as yet to be satisfied customers out there who have sent us listener questions that we will answer your calls in the order they were received for the most part. Today, we have a question from Naive Crustacean, which I think is, was a great question moniker. Hello. A question for you, Ari, how you handle changes in a relationship with a friend. What do you do when a previously close friendship strangely becomes distant without a very clear cause? Is it best just to accept the distance and give them whatever space they need and let it go? Or do you think maybe it's better to try and talk about it? I fear the distance might be a result of my own behavior, or maybe they're just more interested in other people and that's okay. Curious what you do in th these types of situations. Thank you heart emoji. Therein lies our question, how to respond to a friendship that's grown distant without clear explanation. Uh, Michael, anything off the top of your head before we see mm. what the rabbis have to say? Never had this problem. Never, ever? Never, never, never. Really? Yeah, once someone gets to know me. They never want to get distant. You're just too lovable. I'm too lovable. I'm too lovable. Yeah. I mean, I have the, I'm all often on the other side. You're often the jerk that becomes distant? Yeah, I just generally be like, you know what? I'm done with you. Bye. <laughs> wow. What should people do in the situation where you cut them off then? I would say weep, cry, realize that your <laughs> life is never going to be as good as it was when we were sharing wow. time you with each other. You are truly out of control. The, the, the real advice, I don't know, it depends on the person, you know, it depends on the relationship and the intensity of the relationship. Sometimes you can let it go and sometimes you can ask depends on the predicament of the two parties and the commitments between the two parties and you're always going to make mistakes there is no right answer and if it blows up in your face then you just have to cultivate the perspective that life is really funny sometimes and sometimes explosions in your face happen that's my take that's my take got it okay well let's get the talmud in the mix on brachot 58b we read. Amar Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi, Haroe et Haverol, Acher, Shloshim Yom, Omer, Baruch, Shechianu, Kiemanu, Hegianu, Lazman Haze. Lacher Shnaim, Aser Chodesh, Omer, Baruch, Machaye, Hamaitim. Amar Rav, Ein Hamlet, Mishtakeach, Min Halev, Ella Lacher Shnaim, Aser Chodesh, Shenermar, Nishkachti, Kamit, Milev, Hayiti, Kichli, Oved. I'm pretty sure I know what this means. It means blah, 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 blah. Half of half of the Hanukkah blessing. Blah, 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 blah. And that's what you said. 
perfect translation. I wouldn't change a thing. Thank you. Uh, so Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi said, Someone who sees their friend after 30 days have passed since the last time seeing them should say the Shehechianu, which you correctly identified as a blessing that's said on many occasions. And Hanukkah is one of those, which is the one that translates to basically blessed is God who sustained us and preserved us and brought us to this moment. The Shehechianu v'kiyamanu v'higianu lasman hasei. Many people will probably be familiar with this. One who sees his friends after 12 months recites, Blessed is God who revives the dead. As Rav said, a dead person is only forgotten from the heart after 12 months. As it is stated, I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a lost vessel, which is from Psalms 31.13. Basically, the analogy that's going on here, my God, Chonk, stop attacking my foot. The analogy that's going on here is in this psalm, the author of the psalm is saying they're like a dead person who's been forgotten, and they compare that status to being like a lost vessel, and Talmud tells us on Bava Metzia 28a that it's the nature to forget about a lost vessel after 12 months. So they're saying, if you have not seen your friend in 12 months, and then you see them again, it is as if they have been resurrected from the dead in your heart. And that's why you say that blessing on them. And then you verbally acknowledge this. Right. And spiritually acknowledge this. Oh, okay. Okay. One is just like, this is just like a fun thing that people should know about and another opportunity to say a blessing, which we all need. But also, I think what drew me to bringing in this passage of Talmud is that there are moments where a certain amount of distance has accumulated that fundamentally change the state of the friendship. I think that's true, and I think the Talmud is pointing to that fact that relationships that aren't tended to for a certain amount of time, you can call it death or dormancy, but that you know, they they move into a different state of being. Yeah, yeah. Enough yeah. so that when they're rekindled, it's like an occasion, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually think this is funny because it doesn't actually address what you do in these situations other than acknowledge it. So to me, the equivalent is like, hey, bro, I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> and the other guy's like, yeah. And the subtext is, we used to like totally hang out all the time and blah, blah, blah. But the only acknowledgement of this new state is just that yeah i mean i think in the rabbi's times it was a lot less likely that people would just sort of like unfriend each other for a whole year much more likely that people would be separated by circumstance or travel yeah. travel in that era was an incredibly dangerous proposition so it's a very different social context than ours for me the reason that I brought it is because I was kind of thinking like it's an opportunity to check in with oneself, listener, being the self here, and sort of evaluate like, does it feel like that friendship has become, you know, distant enough that it's transitioned to being something fundamentally different than what it was? Mm -hmm. And evaluate if you're willing to do something to bring it back to life. I think we can tell intuitively whether a friendship needs resuscitation or whether it's just circumstantially hasn't worked out. I think there's a part of our hearts that knows about that. This also makes me think about like what you just said, the types of friendships they had back in the day, back in the good old days, you could say. Uh, the good old days, thousand or more years ago. The types of relationships they had are different than the types they have now. You know, when I have awkward friendships and awkward relationships with people, one thing 
I like to think about, well, the type of relationships I have are really a product of the society and time that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And probably the quantity of relationships I have is higher. The average intensity of them is like lower. You know, I'm not like living in a shtetl. I'm not like mm-hmm. living in like an old, old ancient city. You know, the fact that the movement of people is, is easier and in some ways life is more dynamic, you know, mm-hmm. along certain dimensions and relationships change because of it. That if I take the big view, like the millennial view and I step out of it or I try to at least. Right. I think like, well. The fact that these things change and the fact that it's awkward and uncomfortable doesn't mean I did anything wrong or they did anything wrong. There are bigger forces at work. Yeah. So sometimes like the question of should I do nothing or should I ask them actually hides the question of what is the right thing to do? And the Mm -hmm. answer is like you didn't ever do anything wrong. There is no right or wrong here. Right. These relationships that we have are are weird products of our society that don't gel conveniently with how human psychology, quote unquote, actually should function within a group. The reason I think about this is actually my experience living in a co-ed literary fraternity. It, it was it was a nerd fraternity. I've told you about this, Ava, right? Yeah. I mean, you were such a nerd. You still are. I was in a co-ed literary fraternity. It's like where I learned about Gilbert and Sullivan, contra dancing, and like... like Everything else that made you gay. I learned that there were different types of relationships that I couldn't have even known existed or articulated until Mm -hmm. I was in that situation. Like, I'm not really friends with you. I don't really like you, but I like trust you. I would let you guard me, you know, or something (laughs) like that if I was being besieged or something. It's a little bit like, you know, when you're in like healthy poly situations, you start Mm -hmm. like uncovering these weird, like, um, you know, different types of relationships that you didn't think could exist but weirdly Mm -hmm. so sometimes ideally they gel really well with your psychology and it like makes you think a little bit more about the plasticity of the psychic you know whatever blah 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 yeah no i think that i think that's great i think that's very astute i especially think thinking about the sort of societal forces at work is is an important angle i hadn't thought of and is relevant i think to the next i want to bring another piece of talmud um that i'm just going to tell us in story form Ooh, story time that will bring us some more advice i hope so here's a story and it is relevant to um characters we've discussed on this old show before if you all recall from the talmudic trans girls episode we're going to be talking about rabbi yochanan and Rish Lakish who, if you recall, Rabbi Yochanan was our Talmudic trans girl who is, you know, an established rabbi when they meet. Reish Lakish was a notorious, sexy, mask-for-mask before he met Rabbi Yochanan bandit. Former gladiator. Former gladiator all around, you know, just like a Hugh Jackman type is how I imagine him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, action star, that style. Basically, what happens is the rabbis are debating when swords, knives, and daggers, etc., are susceptible to ritual impurity. So, like, at what point in their manufacture are they complete enough to be susceptible to ritual impurity? Rabbi Yochanan says it's from when they're fired in the furnace, and Reish Lakish says it's when they are scoured in the water after they've been fired in the furnace. So this becomes a hot debate, literally, an incredibly contentious debate between our two enemies to lovers there's a big enemies to lovers pipeline yeah exactly it becomes so intense that reb yochanan 
insults Ray Lockish by saying a bandit would know about banditry, <gasps> aka you used to be a bandit, so I guess you would know about this kind of shit. Oh my god! Since you used to use swords and knives and all kinds of stuff. Who did Ray Lockish fuck in order to get Johanan so upset at him? I know, I know. This was incredibly upsetting. Ray Lockish said to Ray Johanan, "What benefit did you provide me by bringing me close to the Torah?" There, when I was among bandits, they called me leader of bandits, and here, too, they call me leader of bandits. Basically, like, oh, no, I was a wretch before, and everyone still treats me like I'm trash, including you, who were supposed to be the one person who loved me. So, oh, like, God. why did I even bother reforming my life for love? Um, if you were just still like always going to treat me like this in your heart. Oh my God. And Rabbi Yochanan says, I provided benefit to you as I brought you close to God under the wings of the Shekhinah, which honestly feels like a pretty poor answer to the question. Yeah. How about an apology, you asshole? I know. So as a result of the quarrel, Rabbi Yochanan was offended and Reish Lakish fell ill. <gasps> and Reb Yochanan's sister, who was Reish Lakish's wife, came to him and asked him to pray for Reish Lakish's recovery. And they have a whole exchange, but basically he like gives her the cold shoulder. He's like, oh whatever, I'm not. I'm fighting with that bitch. I'm not going to pray for his recovery. This is like Mr. Face's silver in the shade and in yeah, the light. Uh-huh. This is like the most beautiful bitch in the land. This is so hot. <laughs> just wait it's the drama is only beginning okay and ultimately Raish Lakish died and Rabbi <gasps> Yochanan was sorely pained over losing him oh no the rabbi said who will go and calm Rabbi Yochanan's mind and comfort him over his loss they said let Reb Elazar ben Pedat go as his statements are sharp aka he's clever and he'll be able to be a substitute for Reish Lakish because he will be like a good Hevruta because they were Hevrutas slash lovers. Yeah. So Reb Elazar ben Pedat goes and sits with Reb Yochanan and for everything that Yochanan would say Reb Elazar ben Pedat would say to him there's a ruling from a Baraita that supports what you just said. And Reb Yochanan said, are you really supposed to be comparable to Reish Lakish? Whenever I would speak to him, when I would state a matter, he would raise 24 difficulties against me. And I would answer him with 24 answers. And the halacha would become broadened and clarified. And yet you say to me that there's something in a baraita that supports my opinion? Don't I already know that what I say is good? Being rebutted by Reish Lakish served a purpose. You bringing proof to support my statements does not. Basically, like, he used to argue with me. All you're doing is being a sycophant and agreeing with me. I already believe that I'm right because I'm the queen bee. I don't need you to tell me that I'm right. I need you to challenge me. Oh, my God. Okay. And Reb Yochanan went around, rending his clothing and weeping and saying, Where are you, son of Lakish? Where are you, son of Lakish? Reb Yochanan screamed until his mind was taken from him. The rabbis prayed and requested for God to have mercy on him and take his soul. And Reb Yochanan died. Okay. Okay. As I often say, maybe one day we'll come back and do a whole episode just on this passage because each one of those events I feel like could be gone into more and more. But suffice to say, it's a Talmudic Romeo and Juliet. Oh my God. Okay. Well, okay. Okay. I'm seeing that you like fucking shoehorned this into the pod. (laughs) Now that's fine. I'm 
But I just want to say that see... about everything I bring. Well, that's probably true. But like, what the point? If you had a better idea, I would love for you to have shown it off, but you didn't. So, oh my God, I'm are good. you supposed to be a substitute for Rach Lockish? Uh, no. This is all you do. But and I... now you have a sandwich. You insult me by eating a sandwich in front of me. My girlfriend brought me a sandwich. Well, you bitch. I know it has. You fucking bitch. It. And fucking egg and Skeeter's looking at me. Yeah, how are you going to bring this home? How are you going to bring this home? I brought it as a cautionary tale. I think there are two halves to my advice here. One of them is to reckon with when a friendship has truly transitioned to another state. And the other half of my advice is be quick to let go and quick to forgive. I think the high road, as I see it, is you have to be able to know when a friendship has moved on to a different state and let go and be quick to be able to reconnect. I mean, I won't say it's the moral of the story. I think there's a lot going on in the tale of Lakish and Yochanan that is more than just a single moral. But one of the things, right, is that it was their own stubbornness that Mm -hmm. ultimately led to their demise and their tragic Romeo and Juliet style ending. We can debate the details of the story, but if someone had been willing to humble themselves and reconnect, the whole thing might have been averted. The whole point I'm getting at here is there is a point when a friendship has gone into dormancy or maybe even died, and only we can decide when that point is. At the same time, Maybe there'll be some point in the future where there's an opportunity for reconnection. It's in all of our best interests to be open to that reconnection without holding on to the resentment of the disconnection. Also, the silver lining, you know, besides being able to laugh at your mistakes, I mean, like, clearly Yohanan made a mistake here, right? Right. He and his lover died as the result of this mistake, but what has been created is a beautiful, beautiful art. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful narrative. So Michael's advice, listener, is suffer so that it will make a good story. Yes, but also just like if shit hits the fan, again, have a sense of humor about it or just be like, wow, this is like great. <laughs> I'm going to write a tell-all book one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That only God will see, perhaps. You know. Oh my gosh. Silliness. I think part of the reason it was challenging for me to find relevant stuff to answer this question from the Talmud is because the Talmud's understanding of friendship is really particular to its time, Mm -hmm, just like ours is. That's why I I so appreciated what you bought before about the sociological conditions that lead to how our friendships work today. In Talmud, for the most part, friendships are understood through the lens of Chevruta and understood to be between men, for the most part, right, of, of equivalent social status. And that's like, that's an incredibly narrow band of what friendship can look like. And it's a certain level of intensity that when we use the word friendship now, doesn't necessarily apply. Right. And it's something I even noticed the difference between the East Coast and the West Coast and immigrants, Russian, mm-hmm. Im- Russian Jewish immigrants. There's variance between what, what friend means regionally now. And, um, mm-hmm. and get away from my bagel, Skeeter. So naive crustacean. That's what I've brought for you today. I love it. Be quick to let go and quick to forgive if you can. And sometimes you can't. And that it just is what it is. I hope this has been helpful. It was a beautiful journey for me to go on. And I love this story. So I'll take any excuse to bring it up on the podcast. I'm sure one day we'll do a full episode on it. It has so many other themes other than just friendship that it could be an episode all its own. Yeah, but thank you so much for sending us this question. And I hope our answer has been supportive of you. Next week, we will be having Abraham Reisman back on the show. 
to talk about Torah chanting and Torah pronunciation. I'm very excited to have him back. I hope you all will look forward to that episode as well. Oh, Spotify has reviews now, so give us a five-star review on Spotify. We'd really appreciate it. It would mean a lot to us. Every time you give us a five-star review, I cry a single tear and an angel gets his wings, (laughs) which is, it takes a long time. An angel has like 46 pairs of wings, so it takes a lot of reviews to even finish off one angel, you know? Speaking of angels getting their wings, I watched It's a Wonderful Life for the first time this year. Wow. Ugh. You don't like it? I know I just referenced it, but I hate it. What? It's just one of those movies I was forced to watch a lot as a kid that it has more to do with my own trauma. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for all your love, dear listeners, and we will talk to you again soon. Shavuot Tov. Shavuot Tov.